Hello and welcome to the Weekly Real Podcast. My name is Jeremy. And my name is Ken. And today we'll be talking about Parasite. Uh, but before we do that, we actually have a little bit of movie news. Uh, Ken, did you hear that Apple and Netflix was aiming to buy No Time to Die? Yes, that No, to Die, no Time to Die, you know, the James Bond movie. Uh, but MGM wanted $600 million. Uh, do you think, and they obviously turned that down because that's a huge amount of money, but do you think Apple or Netflix should have bought it? I don't know. I would imagine, I, I feel like, you know, two of the most successful companies, especially now, um, are Apple and Netflix, and uh, they aren't successful without, you know, you know, doing that whole cost cost benefit ratio you know what i mean and i feel like they probably crunched numbers for 600 million and they're like eh, i don't know and i don't know if you met, uh, saw it in the in that article they did offer about half and so maybe half i i feel like even if they offered a little bit more they'd probably still be profitable but i think they probably crunched numbers and they determined that half was like the the optimal number for them to actually make money off of it yeah, that's true because MGM, like they're also losing money not putting this movie out in theaters now. And I think with Netflix, though, some of the some of the movies that they're coming out with or that they're buying or producing just aren't good. Like for Six Underground, I got through half of that movie. I don't know if you've seen it. Have you seen it? Wait, which movie is that one again? I want to make sure because I think I may have watched something similar, but I don't want to mix up movies. It's the Ryan Reynolds, Michael Bay movie. That's the, yeah, that's, I actually fell asleep during that movie. <laughs> yeah, and it's crazy because there's so much going on in that movie. And I just, I'm like, I can't take any more of this. And it's amazing that they would spend like $150 million on that movie. Mm -hmm. So in a way, I would say if, they could cancel some of their movies <laughs> like that. Like if they're in pre-production, just cut some of those because if you have no time to die exclusive right. to like Netflix, imagine that no time to die Netflix exclusive. And you know what? They could probably do uh, something similar to what Disney was trying to do with their, uh, with Mulan with their pro oh, was it premiere or whatever. I forgot what it was called. Premier access. access. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, they could maybe do something similar to that. Keep it cheaper than $30. $30, $30 is a lot. Um, but maybe do something like uh, that rental tier service that I offered out. 15 for maybe two-day rental. Maybe 20 for, I don't know, a week or two or something like that. Or even like have it exclusive for $20. I don't know. I feel like there's there's some sort of tier service that I feel like Netflix can come up with. Yeah, because Netflix, sometimes their movies just aren't good. Mm -hmm. Just to be frank, there's a lot There's a lot of good stuff on there, but there's a lot of horrible stuff as well. And I think just they needed something. So if, if they could have, like you said, but they probably did the whole cost-benefit ratio and all that stuff. But it, imagine if they, got, if they got that. Everyone would be... Yeah, if, if if anything, you know, obviously Netflix has like a, a pretty huge library. I feel like Apple could have benefited for sure with that because um, I was able to get a free year of Apple TV Plus, and 
Uh, they, you know, they advertise like certain like shows like the morning show with Steve Carell and Jennifer Aniston and, you know, stuff like that with named actors. And I feel like this would have been a pretty good, this would have been a really good acquisition because if you're looking at it right now, the content on Apple TV plus it's, it's, it's really limited. And right now I have no, really no incentive, no value to actually watch content on there because I'm not paying anything, but but if they did, um, you know, if they did something similar to what Disney did um, and then maybe offer it out for a, a, an additional price or whatever, because, you know, Apple is they're going to try to get their money regardless. Uh, and it's not sugarcoated. <laughs> so um, I feel like Apple could have definitely benefited uh, more than Netflix. Hmm. That, that's uh, that's good. Good insight right there. Uh, but next, we actually have our podcast ritual. And if you guys don't know, our pa- our podcast ritual is we mention one notable movie or TV show that we watched uh, within the last week. So, uh, Ken, what was something that you watched within the last week? Well, I wanted to bring uh, to light uh, a movie and a TV show that I've watched over the last week. Uh, last week, I mentioned that I finally watched The Shining uh, after many, many years of <laughs> of not watching it. I remember seeing it the like one time and didn't really remember it. And so um, when I watched the sequel, Dr. Sleep, last October in 2019, I forgot a lot of the movie. And so I still like Dr. Sleep. It was really good. And so I felt like since I shared... The Shining on last week's episode, I thought it would be pretty cool to uh, double, you know, double up since it's still Halloween week. Uh, we're recording this on uh, the Wednesday before Halloween. Thought I'd uh, watch Doctor Sleep and watch another hor- um, scary flick, and I got more of the references this time around. I was able to appreciate Doctor Sleep uh, more this time around. Hmm. Um, the TV show that I wanted to. Uh, bring up. I actually mentioned it last week, only because season two is about to start. I ended up uh, rewatching The Mandalorian season one, and I, I got it four episodes in, and I just, I don't know, it was pretty cool. Just um, kind of rewatching these because I watched them pretty quick, and I forget how really good, especially the first three episodes are. And so, um, I'm pumped to finish season one, and just in time for the season two premiere this Friday. If you have time, because one of the things I actually watched or I'm watching this this week is the Mandalorian documentary that they have on Disney Plus on mm. like the making of the Mandalorian. I think you you would really appreciate it, especially oh. like some of the tech stuff that goes mm. into the Mandalorian. It's pretty cool. Ooh. Thanks for the suggestion. I'll definitely take you up on that. I'll probably do that maybe after I finish season one. Um, is the documentary about season one specifically or... Yeah, season one, I think the first episode is like all about the directors of season one. So, yeah, and it's like you can you don't even have to like watch all of them. They literally label each ep- like there's I think eight episodes of oh. the documentary and they're about like 30 minutes each. So it's pretty crazy. Uh, so you can kind of just pick and choose whichever category you want to watch. Oh, okay. So, uh, I was going to ask you, I was like, is it uh, broken down like in terms of episodes or is it specific categories? So that answers my question, actually. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Yeah. So I recommend checking that out. The movie I saw this last week was, 
it was such a random movie that because I saw it was for free on like YouTube TV <laughs> type thing. Uh, <laughs> and luckily, you know, there was no ads. Uh, I watched Vanishing on 7th Street. <laughs> Probably oh. never heard of it before. Nope. But I think it's a t- 2009 movie with Hayden Christensen. Liar! Thandy Newton and uh, John Leguizamo. Oh, so it's pretty, a pretty not bad cast. cast. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the movie, the concept was interesting. Then it ultimately leads to nowhere. (laughs) (laughs) I I thought about doing a review. I still might do a review on my channel. But I'm like, is there enough to talk about it for a review? I'm not sure. Especially because I wanted to watch something somewhat scary for Halloween week. So it was okay. But actually, actually, sorry. I I didn't mean to cut you off. I was actually going to. I was trying to watch another scary movie for this part of the podcast and actually if you're looking for a good um uh scary movie or what i heard i haven't seen it yet check out uh hereditary i think it's called hereditary on amazon i hear that's really good i think it came out in 2018 um correct me if i'm wrong audience but hereditary i hear is really good i heard about it and just the poster kind of creeps me out yeah (laughs) yeah. little, little kid little girl i don't know man those things creep me out <laughs> yeah well if 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 this you know if a week was actually eight or nine days long i would have had time to actually watch hered- uh, hereditary for this uh for the podcast ritual this week but i just didn't have time so but i still might do that uh before halloween since we're still uh in, we're still in halloween week mm-hmm. for sure definitely uh binge watch all your halloween stuff now all your horror stuff right now yeah uh but i can't i i can't not mention that we watched total recall in theaters last night ken me and you we watched it last night man that was crazy yeah it was pretty epic because i remember watching that film the first time on vhs and i may have seen it one other time after that on dvd totally different experience watching it on on the big screen it was like whoa you're seeing arnold in all of his glory (laughs) i know seriously and we were talking about it before the uh before the movie started and i think the first movie i've ever seen arnold in was 2003's uh Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines, and obviously not the greatest movie. Uh, so it was nice to see Arnold basically at his prime uh, and just going crazy with his one-liners, like all the whole movie <laughs> in crisp <laughs> HD. I know. It was pretty funny because, I mean, there were some people, I feel like there was maybe a dozen of us in the theater, it looked like, right, when the movie ended. Mm-hmm. I want to say there was around a dozen and we we're really spread out. And this was a pretty big um, movie theater. I was actually surprised at, at how big the movie house was that we were watching the Total Recall on last night. But I feel like we were the the loudest too with our, <laughs> when we were laughing at the one-liners. <laughs> I'm surprised no one else was laughing because I was dying, man. You have a body, Rick. Dude, the cornflakes line, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I I totally forgot about that line, and when he said, "I was dying, man," I, I don't even I don't know how it goes exactly. 
Do you remember how exactly I, I don't re- I don't remember because I don't remember it from the first the first couple of times I've seen it like long time ago. And so when he delivered it near the end of the film or whatever, and I'll be honest, like it was a long day at work and I was a little tired uh, by the that film, uh, the that part of the film. But when he said that, dude, it woke me up because I was dying. I was cracking. Up. That was the loudest laugh, I think. <laughs> yeah, I did. I Even though I've seen Total Recall like a dozen times already, I totally forgot the way that uh, Cohagen says that and the way he <laughs> delivered it. It was, it was perfect. <laughs> it definitely was. It was so good. Uh, but I'm definitely glad that you stumbled upon seeing that there was an actual total recall 30th anniversary showing last night. And I'm glad that we just ended up going just on a whim. Yeah, man, no regrets. I, I would, I'm going into the coronavirus filled theater for Arnold. So that's all it takes. <laughs> Get in the chopper. Get in the theaters. Watch me now. Um, <laughs> well, last week though, we talked about psycho and we did run some polls on our social media, like on our Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, not so much, but it's on there. But no one really uses Facebook, apparently. But yeah, Ken, do you want to tell them about the the poll that we ran this last week? Yes. So uh, we ran uh, the poll asking you, the audience, who is your favorite horror movie character? And so the nominees were, we had four of them, Freddy Krueger from Nightmare on Elm Street, Jason Voorhees from Friday the 13th, Michael Myers from Halloween, and obviously since we covered Psycho last week, uh, Norman Bates from Psycho. And so after the uh, votes were tallied uh, with an overwhelming 60%, Michael Myers actually did come out on top on this poll. And I don't know if it's because, you know, Halloween, there's so many of them, and it is almost Halloween. Hey, his... He is iconic. I he was definitely in my top three of all time. Uh, I don't know. I just thought that for me with scary horror movies, I didn't want to go with more of a supernatural or with a mask. I feel like that's kind of cheating. So I want the ultra realistic Norman Bates just because he kind of freaked me out um, with uh, his dual personalities. And- How about you? Who did you vote for? I actually voted for Freddy Krueger, but I wanted to say both of us haven't seen the original uh, Halloween, right? I have not. Yeah, we we both haven't seen it. So maybe that's what also factored into uh, not choosing Michael Myers. But you saw the 2018 one? I did. Same here. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty good. Yeah, it was okay, right? Yeah, it was pretty not, good. Not too memorable, but I'm curious to see how halloween kills goes i think that's the name of the sequel i think oh yes the one that's uh is it coming out next year well it was supposed to come out next year (laughs) we'll see we'll see yeah sorry i you know it's old habits die hard it's like oh you see a release date oh we assume it's gonna come out around that time Mm -hmm. who knows everything might just get pushed back a year because apparently that's what's happening nowadays so if you want to participate in our polls, uh, make sure you follow us on uh, Twitter or Instagram. What What's our tag again? It is at Weekly Real, and we'll have the spelling on the episode notes. Yeah, so check, out, check that out. Check out the links down below. So yeah, we would love to have you vote for whatever is going on in our polls. Yeah, it's, it's gonna, every Tuesday um, after 
a brand new episode. Exactly. So this week we're going to be talking about Parasite. And Parasite is about the impoverished Kim family who finds opportunity to get employment through manipulating the Park family, becoming tutors, a driver, and a housekeeper to their family. However, greed will push this family to its limits. Ken, what do you, uh, you think about this Oscar-winning film? Well, you know what? Uh, going into this film, I, I really didn't have any expectations. Um, I only found out about this film when it was actually nominated for the best Oscar. Um, and uh, when it won, you know, uh, obviously it sparked a lot of, you know, my friends, you know, watching it or whatever. And they're like, oh, it's available on on Amazon to rent or whatever during that whole uh, Oscar season. And this was pre-COVID. So, you know, they were telling me, it's like, hey, you should go watch it. Um, and so um, other than that, last week's episode preview you told me about it that's kind of the little that i know about it and then right before i watched it uh the first time because this is my first time watching it i kind of read the synopsis on imdb that quick one sentence or whatever just so i had an idea what to expect um because i didn't really want to go completely cold turkey um going into it so um i do have a funny story uh, related to getting spoiled, I actually got spoiled on that uh, on a specific scene within the movie. But I'll get into that. Uh, I'll tell that story a little bit later on. Um, so I, I think it's. I think you'll find it funny. All right, cool. I'll definitely look forward to that because I know I have my own little story. Uh, but quick disclaimer: uh, if we mispronunciate mispronounce any of the Korean names, we're sorry. We tried our best. <laughs> right, Ken? Oh, dude. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to apologize now because, um, yeah, I'm not. I mean, I can remember some names. Uh, it's the pronunciation that gives me a hard time, especially uh, with some of the more Asian sounding names. Uh, so I'm going to give it my best shot. Um, but yes, I apologize in advance. Yeah. Same here. Uh, anyway. My story, because I've been hyping up this story, and I've told Ken before, and I hyped it up last episode as well. But my expectations going into Parasite, I had like I watched it for the first time last fall, so uh, fall 2019. I watched it with, yeah, I think Jacob. He's been on the show before um, in a couple of our episodes. I watched it with him and one of our other friends uh, at his house, and. Going into the movie, I had no expectations. I thought, I honestly thought, with the with the title Parasite, I was thinking it was a horror film, for one. <laughs> and, okay, so I, I went in thinking this, cause I watched Train to Busan, also very famous Korean, South Korean zombie film. So I'm like, oh, Parasite, everyone's raving up about this movie. And recently I heard about Train to Busan. Okay, so... Parasite is a zombie movie. <laughs> That's what I thought. I'm like, okay, let's uh, we're gonna spend night with the guys, have a have a little bit of a movie night, and then uh, you know, enjoy a good zombie flick. <laughs> so, going into the movie and what and waiting, I think it must have been 20 minutes in, 
And Ken, you know the guy um, when the Kim family they're at their their basement house thing, right? Mm-hmm. And that homeless guy he keeps pissing like yeah. near their house, uh-huh. and he keeps like uh, and all that stuff. <laughs> I'm like, oh, <laughs> I remember, <laughs> I remember like um, whispering to to Jacob. I'm like, oh, here it comes, <laughs> here, here's the zombies, man. <laughs> And I was like, oh, you're, you know, this is when this is when crap is about to go down right here. And then <laughs> and now I go watching it the second time. <laughs> it's it was so different <laughs> watching the first 20 minutes of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, what is going on? Why are they setting? Why, wait, so, why is it taking so long with the setup? <laughs> I know. I was like, "All right, when we get into the zombies, guys, this is getting a little too long. I don't know if this is good. It's not living up to expectations." Um, but yeah, watching it now, now I realize when I uh, when I actually realized it wasn't a zombie movie. Like rewatching it, it I'm pretty sure it was around the part where um, they finally got uh, Ki Jung Jessica the daughter of the Kim family, her job as the art therapist. <laughs> and when it's like, cause you know, he was, um, what's his name? Kiwu, Kevin, the son of the Kim family was able to actually become the tutor of the daughter. I was like, okay, they're about to establish a little bit and then zombies are going to come. <laughs> but, <laughs> but then once, once his sister got, got the job too, I'm like, this isn't going where I expected. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that, I hear that story. It, it's hilarious. I, this is actually the first time I'm hearing the full story because Jeremy told me the story. The was it the first time um, when we were on our way to Tenant? I, I forget, or maybe when we were doing the um, when we were trying to figure out what movies to watch uh, in, in our pre-production like planning stage. Was it, was that the first time I forget? I think, yeah. The planning stages kind of, was, cause I think I probably asked you, did, if you watched parasite or not? Oh yeah. Oh there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, but this is the first time that I'm actually hearing specific scenes because obviously, you know, Jeremy didn't want to spoil the movie for me. And you know, when he told me the story, the previous two times, he didn't want to spoil the movie. So this is the first time I'm actually hearing specifics on when he came to the realization that, there weren't any zombies. <laughs> so it was pretty far into the movie, right? <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> you missed a lot of like the, uh, what do you call it? The setup. <laughs> I know. Especially if you were uh, expecting a zombie uh, movie. Yeah. Like I thought, oh, when uh, he got the, um, the rock that signifies wealth, I'm like, oh, that's going to have like some infection stuff on it, man. Don't touch that thing. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but it was just rock. So, so did anything like stand out about Parasite besides it not being a zombie movie? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I just thought it was um, a fun movie and I really enjoyed the, uh, I enjoyed Parasite. Uh, the thing that immediately jumped out to me, especially when I finally did finish the, f- the full film, when I finished the movie the first time, I just thought it was an original story. This is the first time I've watched anything uh, remotely close to this type of story. Um, and it didn't really, I didn't really get to connect a lot of the story with, you know, like one of the things that I like to do is like, I like, Oh, 
I watched the scene and it's like, oh, it kind of reminds me of this other movie or other TV show, you know, like I, you know, it's like, it's kind of like a, I have like this total recall since we mentioned Arnold earlier. And so, um, like as, as the movie was unfolding, especially when they were kind of establishing the plot, that's when I was like trying to figure out, oh, that's why this movie is called Parasite. It's because, you know, obviously uh, a, a poor family is trying to kind of leech and like a parasite off of like this richer family or whatever. So I just love the creative on-screen presentation of how they portray uh, the differences in the classes, you know, like between, you know, the uh, a rich family versus a poor family. And and they presented it in such a unique way. And I, I thought it was like a very interesting concept. I was thoroughly entertained throughout the movie. Uh, but as the movie went along, especially since, you know, it did focus more on the on the Kim family, I did feel conflicted about whether or not I should be rooting for the Kim family or not. Mm -hmm. Because if you look at it on the surface, Jeremy, it's like, dude, they lied. They forged documents. They planted evidence to get people fired. They made up an illness, a pretty uh, major illness, uh, tuberculosis. And they took advantage of a food allergy and that was just so that they can all get hired. I didn't even get into all the stuff that happens later in the movie. That's like only the first 20 minutes, the stuff that you didn't <laughs> catch like while you, while you thought it was like a zombie movie. Yeah, and that's crazy because they commit all these crimes because they're literally in the beginning of the movie, they they established the family so, so well because they're just folding pizza boxes for money. Right. And just their whole family, and they have to mooch off uh, free Wi-Fi from like the local cafe or something like that. Yeah, you got to hold your phone up high. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, I found it here. It's like they're sitting on the toilet. Yeah, in the corner. <laughs> in the corner. Man, but yeah, that was crazy. So, well, did you think that you were you had trouble like rooting for the Kim family, or were you rooting against them? Like, how did you feel about the Kim family in general? I think for a majority of the middle of the movie, I was kind of against them because you do realize like, oh man, all this stuff is really messed up. Like after they, they start getting hired, I think after the sister gets hired and they get the dad and the mom in on it, it's like, man, they're, they're really going all in on this. And it's, if they get caught, they're, they're screwed. But like like you said, they're pretty much like leeching off this family. And I felt like I didn't feel bad for them until uh I guess when the the old housekeeper, what's her name? It's um let me look at my notes. Uh, my notes M- Moon Guang. Moon Guang, yeah. So when the old housekeeper, when she literally goes down to the basement bunker and has her husband in there. And then when she like basically starts blackmailing them with like video, and then I, then I start to feel kind of bad. Uh, but at the same time, they had a chance because 
Moon Guang, she actually mentions like, oh, just let him stay here and give him food like twice a week or something like that. So they had a chance. They could have kept their jobs and just kept uh, the guy down there. Uh, And yeah, so I didn't really feel bad, but I felt like they were getting uh, pretty tortured. And when their house got like flooded, I felt really bad for them, too. So it was very like there's no. They're they're not they're definitely not heroes, but they're, they're they're not exactly villains either. Right. You could see it from their point of view. They're just trying to improve their living situation because yeah, they live in a basement themselves and in a horrible part of town. I felt like uh when I watched it a second time, because you know, I try to watch these movies at least twice so I can catch stuff the second time around. One of the things that I really, really did notice in the beginning, especially in their basement was, yeah, I mean, it just, it was not ideal. Uh, They had like bugs everywhere. They were like, oh, leave the window open. We're getting free fumigation. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was, (laughs) they'd start coughing everywhere. Yeah. Man. But yeah, Yeah, that was bad. I stopped, I didn't really feel bad for them because uh, in the beginning part, especially when they got, Mr. and Mrs. Kim on uh, hired because really they ruined two people's lives. I mean, they themselves, uh, who was the original driver? It was Yoon. Yeah, Yoon. Yoon and then um, Moon Guang. You know, you don't know. Like they probably maybe just like, you know, they may be living from paycheck to paycheck. And by them, you know, getting their parents on, they probably just ruined their uh, those two lives in terms of like, oh, well, what are they going to do for income now? You know, mm-hmm. and they seem like genuinely good people, too. So it just like dog eat dog. That's what they felt like was the right way to go. But uh, yeah, definitely this movie challenges people's ethics on like, what would you do in this situation if you were the Kim, in the Kim family? What would you yeah. do? exactly i mean that being said though i still enjoyed the kim family they were hilarious they were yeah they definitely their chemistry all together especially so good oh, uh, have you watched snowpiercer by the way i have same not. same director bong bong jun ho so he definitely has this kind of the same message uh but told in a very different way uh basically comparing the rich and the poor has mm. kind of been some of his, his, his work. Like his central themes. Yeah. Central themes kind of like comparing Snowpiercer, I think is more of a U.S. release. Cause it had like Chris Evans in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but especially this movie, it's very clear also. Um, but I want to kind of jump to the end a little bit, just cause I want to, I want to get your opinion on this. Uh, why do you think Keytech, uh, Mr. Kim, killed the uh, Mr. Park at the end of the movie? Ooh, well, I think, I mean, I think it was something that they were kind of foreshadowing throughout the movie, especially when, um, when Mr. and Mrs. Park were, you know, they were talking or, you know, whenever it would get brought up. Especially when he was underneath the that coffee that large coffee table. I mean mm-hmm. that that coffee table, by the way, is like as big as our dining room table, which is pretty crazy. 
<laughs> I know because that, that thing li- literally covered four people, full, yeah. fully grown people. Yeah. And so anyway, to answer your question, I feel like it was like the smell um, that uh, Mr. Park was talking about with, with Mr. Kim. And, and he met, he later mentioned it with basically everyone because you know how the song, he was the first one to notice that Mr. And Mrs. Kim smell the same as well as uh Ki Jong. Um, I think they just associated that smell like, uh, what was it? Like rat, like old radishes. Is that how he, <laughs> something like that, something like that. Right. He he compared it to like old radishes and something that you would smell in the subway. And the way I think he said it was kind of in a condescending manner in that he basically stuck his nose up. I mean, in, in you know, Mrs., Mr. Park, I feel like for the most part for a rich guy, played a pretty nice guy. It's just when he was kind of going into that detail of like the smell, I think mr kim just did not like that it was it just made him like a le- feel lesser like a lesser ma- uh ugh. yeah lesser of think- a man right yeah lesser of a head of household than than mr park yeah exactly exactly he's not like up to his standards even though they're you know just two guys you know obviously one has more money than the other but that really shouldn't matter in terms of individual individual uh, individuality and especially when um mrs park she because obviously their their house got flooded the the previous night and they had to sleep sleep in a gymnasium obviously couldn't take a shower basically had to rummage through sewer water just to save some of their stuff and he's driving her the next day when it's um what's his name dasong's birthday and he's driving her around like through the grocery store and all that stuff. And she like has to open the window to the car because he smells so bad, apparently. Oh, I know. And it's like, and he notices those things. I think, and just little things like that. It's like kept bothering him. And he yeah. finally like cracked at the end. Yeah. Cause I feel like, uh, and I'm sure like if I put myself in his position or even like if you put yourself in his position, a lot of the times, if you're just thinking just personally about like the stuff that you're self-conscious about, and then when other people are actually pointing out those like worse insecurities that you do have about yourself, that just amplifies it more. You know what I mean? And for him to hear that, I think it just kept building and building and building. And then obviously when uh, the climax hits at the end, obviously, I think that's what drove him to to stab him right right in the heart yeah man i think yeah you definitely nailed it right there it's it's like a person's most insecure area was kept being poked and that the person i felt like in mr kim's eyes it's like it's the guy that he wants to be he wants to be like the very rich top top tier like guy and for him to say like or pretty much point out that he stinks it's like it just pushed him over the edge, like yeah. you said. Yeah. Um, but also, I wanted to ask you, how did you interpret the ending? Like, because at the end, uh, Kiwu, he was kind of daydreaming after he had his his head wound. Because obviously that was 
freaking crazy. What's his name? Uh, Kyun said Moon Gwang's husband, uh, basically like even throws the rock at his head. I was like, God, whoa, man. Like, what are you doing? Dude, that was brutal. I mean, these, these kids were, weren't good, but damn, that was brutal. And, but after his head injury, uh, he kind of envisions a future that he basically becomes rich, buys that house and frees his dad. How did you interpret uh, that, that, vision i guess and do you think the son frees the dad in the future i think i'll address the second part i think that's left ambiguous on purpose because i think that's up to the viewer um but to address the first part of that i feel like um i think earlier in the film especially when they were uh i think they alluded to it um when they were talking about the scholars rock and, and, and kind of towards the end when, you know, the house is already flooded and when they were sleeping in the gymnasium, you could tell Mr. Um, Mr. Kim was like basically kind of defeated, you know, he lost a, like a lot of his like drive. He was basically telling his son who he should be encouraging. It's like, dude, why have a plan? Because you know, when you have a plan, that's, that's, you're only going to get disappointed because you know what? Everyone here in this gymnasium that's sleeping right now, they had a plan, but they didn't plan for, uh, you know, they didn't plan to sleep here. So why have plans at all? And so I think with uh, Kiwu, I feel like he's, he was probably the most driven character out of the, uh, the whole Kim family, because especially when he got the, uh, the scholars rock, it kind of like motivated you. You saw, you know, like he may have been inspired by his friend. Uh, what was his name again? Uh, Min. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, cause Min got to, you know, he got the tutor job and then he was able to then study abroad. And I'm sure he was like, Oh, that's pretty cool. I want to do that. And then obviously living in poverty, he wants to, you know, be successful. He doesn't, want to be like stuck in that predicament like all of his life and he also wants to bring his family along with him you know and that's why he originally thought of that that um, idea to get ki jung as uh, as the art therapist so Mm -hmm. i feel like um because you know obviously he gets hit in the the head with the scholars rock we'll uh, i'll definitely mention this later on uh in the episode i feel like you know, it's part of that, you know, like with the whole brain injury and, but then I think he's also driven in that that's actually what he wants to do. That's going to be his goal is to be successful so that he can get his dad back, you know? And so I think that was more abstract. I don't think that actually did happen. Yeah. Cause I think out of the Kim family, I feel like the parents are, are less redeemable than the you know the son and daughter than Kiwoo and Ki Jung uh because uh, obviously later on uh their mom kicks down the old housemaid and basically kills her and Mr. Kim kills Mr. Park whereas um Kiwoo and Ki Jung they don't, I don't think they kill anybody so yeah so well, in a way they're Kiwoo they're, almost they're, he wanted to yeah he, <laughs> he wanted, to. wanted to <laughs> so the, in, yeah, I, I don't think I think they're they're still redeemable. Obviously, Ki Jung 
dies in the end. But Kiwu, I feel like, especially after that talk in the gymnasium, like you said, about basically don't make a plan because that plan won't work out. I think basically what he's going to do is do the opposite. Because if his dad got there because of not making a plan, uh, obviously they weren't rich or anything. They got in that position because there wasn't a plan. So I think what he does later on, he's going to make a plan and that will ultimately make him successful. So it, I, I I guess I'm more optimist in that, um, that I guess there's somewhat of a happy ending, mm. even though his sister dies. And, but I did find, I don't know if you noticed at the end uh, when him and his mom are in the backyard in or in the vision that his mom was kind of standing near the same place as uh, where Mr. Kim buried the housekeeper's body. Yeah. I noticed <laughs> so that I was like, uh, I made Yeah. Very ambiguous, very ambiguous ending, but I, I want to think that he possibly gets them out. I don't know if the parents uh, deserve that, that redemption, but I feel like he does. Mm. I agree. I do agree. Uh, and speaking of the Kim family, uh, I want to go into our first main topic, which is if you were a member of the Kim family, which job would you take? Uh, what the, you know, the ones that they basically stole from the other people, <laughs> I guess, besides <laughs> the tutor. Uh, so would you be the tutor, the art therapist, the driver, or the housekeeper? Well, for me, I kind of approach this by uh, process of elimination. First of all, we can easily rule out housekeeper. Definitely not doing that. Uh, definitely don't want to be a tutor of a high school girl because that would be really creepy. <laughs> and so that basically leaves the art therapist or driver. And so I was like, oh, uh, would I rather drive our Mercedes Benz and hang out with Mr. Park or hang out with a hyperactive kid? And uh, that was kind of a no brainer, too. So driver for me. <laughs> oh, Okay. Uh, let's touch on the tutor thing a little bit now, because honestly, that was really ke- creepy, though. Speaking of um, if he was redeemable or not, because he's a college student, Kiwu is, mm. uh, as he goes by Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, he basically has this uh, physical relationship with this high school girl. So, yeah. <laughs> That was no, weird. I mean, with even with uh, Min, he was like, "Oh, dude, I'm just gonna uh, just watch over her." But uh, you know, as soon as she gets into college, that's when I'm actually gonna go ask her out. <laughs> At least yeah. he had some values. Yeah, like uh, Min, he was like, "Yeah, he was eyeing her as well." And I think even uh, when Kiwu and his family were spending the night at the house, you know, the, the night house scene. And he actually mentions, oh, I'm going to propose to her. Like, this is going to be like your in-laws house and all that oh, stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, so in a way, I, I don't know. Do you think he really cared about her or not? I think he actually did in a way. Uh, I don't know if it's like one where it's like, Oh, you're going to get married or whatever. Cause I think that was way too early. But I think he did genuinely like her just because I think he was I honestly think he didn't like think of her in that regard. But the fact that she really liked him 
and she got really jealous of Jessica. Um, and no. <laughs> that was funny too. <laughs> that, that was pretty, yeah, and kind of awkward. But I think I think he was just surprised that anyone would like him, especially someone that's rich, even though she's underage. Yeah, that was that was definitely creepy, especially yeah. him being the tutor, like kind of using his his tutor position to take advantage. Yeah, that was very disturbing. But anyway, get back to the topic. Uh, so you chose the driver. Yes. I actually would be the art therapist because, <laughs> because I feel like I could be what BS my way through it. <laughs> Just like, uh, Kijong. Kijong. Yeah. And because I almost wanted to say the driver also, but being with Dasong, I feel like he's not as observant as like, uh, Mr. Park. They're obviously they're not as eloquent being kids and all that stuff. So you don't have to be too uh, wary of them too much compared mm-hmm. to your driving, especially when uh, Mr. Kim was doing the almost like the driver's test with the coffee. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, I don't know if I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it helps uh, that he was in a, a really nice Mercedes or driving around in one of those. Yeah, that definitely helped. But I don't know if I would uh, want that pressure because I know – for me, I have my dad's weakness of not knowing where I am and no needing GPS <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> so I definitely couldn't be the driver. So I would be the art therapist for sure. Uh, our next topic I want to ask you was, if you were stuck in the basement bunker, what three things would you have with you? So I think this is a little bit fun, but I have to make sure that I put some caveats into it. So you've in the basement bunker, you already have what's in the basement that you saw in the movie. So all the stuff that he has in there, like uh, the toilet, the bed, I- I'm assuming he has a shower. And I'm assuming that if he had some electronics down there, he could possibly sneak the Wi-Fi password off the router or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and all, all of a sudden, like, I mean, he also has paper and pens and all that stuff. But besides those stuff, what three things would you bring? All right. Well, I'm glad you mentioned the internet, but I'm going to assume that since we're in a bunker, the internet is not going to be that great, but there is internet. And so I've uh, immediately, the first thing that I thought of that I easily wanted to bring was my laptop. Um, because I feel like it's the most versatile thing that you can have. Uh, obviously, you have the internet. You can play games on it. You can um, watch. Uh, you can stream stuff. Uh, maybe not in HD, but you can maybe stream stuff. You know, like you have to have probably some patience with the buffering and everything. But you'll have you have some versatility there. So uh, the laptop was the easily the first thing. But the second and third thing I had in a little bit of a, a, a trouble especially just trying to think of like what the living situations would be living in a bunker. And so originally I was thinking of bringing along a camera, my uh, mirrorless camera and a shotgun mic, because I was maybe wanting to recreate a bunker version of the Truman show uh, for YouTube. Uh, I thought it'd be pretty fun to kind of do some vlogging down in the bunker. But the more I thought about it, I'm like, dude, if I'm going to, if I'm going to be making some videos, man, it's going to take forever to upload on on YouTube and uh, probably be in 
what 360p or something like that <laughs> and so uh the more i thought about it i was like man since the wi-fi is gonna suck in the bunker i was like okay i need to keep myself busy i thought it would be pretty cool to bring down my audio mixer and this microphone that i'm using and start uploading some podcast episodes uh, because <laughs> i feel like um you know like you can you know you could talk about anything you could come you could uh, create content it's only audio uh it doesn't have to be the best quality but i think the the wi-fi would be good enough to uh, upload audio and then also uh, kind of going back with the laptop i probably you know take the time to actually run a blog and so it'd be like this whole super website thing where it's like uh podcasts and writing uh just articles and stuff on, on my laptop so that's what i would do Dang, you, yours definitely hinges on if you are able to get the Wi-Fi password. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When you, when you said that there was internet, I was like, oh, you made this so much easier. Because <laughs> I, honestly, I, I don't know what I would uh, bring if it was um, just uh, no internet. I'd probably bring in some workout stuff or whatever, even though I don't like working out. <laughs> uh, man, that's a tough one, but... I would have to, for me, I would bring a, a smartphone, I think, because I, I, like you said, you got to watch something, probably like one of the bigger, bigger phones. And I don't know, maybe try to, especially if you have family on the outside, you you can download WhatsApp or whatever, use mm-hmm. Wi-Fi. Uh, I would also bring headphones because you can't watch your stuff unless... Because I feel like you can't make too much noise down there, or else the housekeeper could possibly hear from the basement itself. Maybe not too much above that, but at least if anyone's in the basement, then they can they could possibly hear you either talking or watching watching Supernatural on Netflix. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> um, and then my third thing, it's kind of impractical in this situation but i feel like it would help my sanity is hair clippers oh because kind of thinking about this pandemic situation that we're in right now uh just learning to cut my own hair and just kind of kind of using it to you know keep keep myself clean clean looking all that stuff i think has helped me feel more sane and obviously (laughs) Stay, staying in that bunker i think it's gonna it would be super easy to go insane so uh, i can think of it, something that would bring some normalcy is a, a nice haircut yeah oh well, yeah i mean i feel like that's what happened with guang say i think he had a little bit of that cabin fever that we were talking about well that i mentioned on the shining with with, uh, with jack <laughs> mm-hmm. so um I, I could see that i think for me i could do without it just because i mean i've rocked long hair uh, for a while, uh, Jeremy knows um, mm-hmm. this is my medium length, I guess. Yeah, and I've never grown it out besides like the Asian bowl cut thing. You've had the Asian bowl no, cut? No, not, not, not the full on Asian bowl <laughs> cut, but you know what I mean? Like close enough, like whatever Filipinos version is. <laughs> Wait, how old were you when, when that happened? Probably, you know, like probably when I was in the Philippines. I don't know. <laughs> oh, okay. When you were young. Okay. I was yeah. Like, or something like that. I was like, I don't remember anything recently. <laughs> yeah. Not definitely not recently. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Not going back to that. 
but our next topic I wanted to talk about was that Parasite, you know, won the 2020 Academy Award for Best Picture. So now that you've watched the movie, Ken, is it your favorite out of the 2020 nominees? And some of the nominees I want to bring up were, or that were nominated were Ford v. Ferrari, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women, Marriage Story, 1917, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So is Parasite your favorite? Uh, to answer your question, yes, it is. Um, well, because I've only seen about h- half of the movies. I've seen four completely. I've seen Ford versus Ferrari, uh, Ford versus Ferrari, Joker, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, obviously Parasite, and the very beginning of Marriage Story. I actually liked that, um, so I will reserve my answer uh, when I finally finish it because I think I started watching it really late one one uh, evening. Uh, but the reason why I think it is uh, the best out of the ones that I've seen is because it's got the most rewatchability. Um, and so uh, I feel like I can watch this movie like, I don't know, several times and I'll still catch, you know, new things because it is du- uh, not dubbed, but uh, it's subbed. And so I feel like I'll catch like new things with uh, with the dialogue and I'll catch like little like nuanced uh, things um, and, uh, I feel like it's just so entertaining. Um, obviously, you know, there's a lot of moods throughout the film. And so that's why I would, uh, easily, easily, uh, pick that as the best out of the bunch. Oh, nice. Would do, would you have a second pick? Uh, if I had to pick out of the ones that I've seen, I'd probably say Ford versus Ferrari again for re- uh, rewatchability. I felt like it's a little easier to watch, but, uh, Ford versus Ferrari is definitely slower, um, and it's you really have to be awake and you know have to uh, pay attention to the dialogue. So, mm-hmm. um, and I like the actors in, in in that film. Yeah, I I think I would have to agree with you too. I think I think it did deserve like the Oscar, and uh, I think it is my favorite out of um, out of these movies. Because out of the movies, I haven't seen Little Women or The Irishman, but I've seen everything else. I think Jojo Rabbit's really a good one, a real fun one, and the kids are super hilarious in it. Uh, but like, I was for my second pick, I almost wanted to choose Marriage Story, but I don't think it has that rewatchability as like um, Ford v Ferrari, like you mm-hmm. said. Mm-hmm. So I think in. I would say definitely give Jojo Rabbit a chance. I think it's definitely a a good wacky movie by Taika Waititi. Yeah, I mean, I obviously loved uh, Ragnarok, and so uh, I haven't watched enough Taika Waititi, and so I definitely want to definitely check that out. Um, it, do you know if it's streaming anywhere? Uh, it might be on HBO. Huh, I think okay. it might be there now, so check it Sweet. out. It might be the the movie that I share next week. Stay tuned to find out. (laughs) So uh, I wanted to ask all the listeners, what is your favorite out of the 2020 nominees? Is it Parasite? Is it Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Let us know. You can email us uh, or you can can tweet us at Twitter at Weekly Real. And, oh, yeah, I mentioned our email. What's what's our email again? 
<laughs> it's a weekly real pod at gmail.com and it's not at hotmail it's gmail at gmail okay for sure email us there tweet <laughs> us all that stuff all right guys let's take a quick break Okay, welcome back to the Weekly Reel Podcast. Let's start off, let's just jump right into our Weekly Reel Awards. And our first award is the Jensen Award for Underrated Character. Ken, who is your underrated character for Parasite? All right, so I just want to let you know that that I love both the Kim family and the Park family. Uh, They're all entertaining. But that being said, I my winner is actually none of them. <laughs> my winner is Moon Guang for the Yinsen Award uh, because I feel like she was the linchpin for the whole movie because to fully infiltrate the Park family uh, home, uh, the Kim family had to get rid of her because I feel like she was that obstacle. And so um, I feel like also that later on in the film, in the middle, when she drops by unannounced during that rainy evening, awesomeness ensues. And I, I just think the the story just kicks uh, gets kicked up a notch uh, when she arrives in. And uh, obviously that whole reveal with with her husband. I was like, oh, man. So I feel like Moon Guang is my winner for the Incident Award. How about you? Yeah, well, I almost thought when she came back to the house and her face was all puffed up, I almost thought someone like beat her, like yeah. beat her up. But I forgot that they did the whole peach fuzz thing <laughs> thing yeah. to her. Yeah, it was like uh, she was like kind of swollen because of the allergic reaction. Yeah, I, I was like, oh, dang, who beat this woman up? No, but yeah, because it was just because of the peaches. Uh, for me, it was also my underrated character outside of the Kim family. Is also outside the Kim family, and it's Yong uh, Yong which is basically the mother of the Park family. Oh, so I thought she was hilarious because <laughs> she was like the most gullible. I felt like, and I I felt like that brought so much humor to the movie. Like she didn't even bother to check any of. Um, Kiwu's documents. She's like, <laughs> yeah. I just want, I want to sit in on your teaching. And <laughs> it was funny when, when uh, Kiwu, he just like grabs uh, Daya's hand and he's like, oh, it's like, yes. oh man, so he, he grabbed my daughter's hand. And I, I don't know, every time like she was like, she was hilarious. Honestly, I think. Uh, and we'll definitely talk more about some certain scenes, <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, there was, yeah, definitely underrated because of how much that character like brought humor to the movie. Cause I think if they had, if she was a little bit like, cause they even mentioned in the beginning, she's like a bit of an airhead, a bit mm-hmm. of a simpleton. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if, if she was a bit smarter, maybe she would have picked up on, because she was that main line of defense of hiring yeah. the Kim family. Because Mr. Kim, he was always off working. And she was kind of in charge of hiring these people. So, yeah, if if she was a little bit smarter, th- this movie wouldn't have happened. I know. Plus that uh, 
was it rum done that she, that she ate? Man, that looked Ooh. good. Yeah, that looked good. <laughs> I want to learn how to make that now. <laughs> uh, our next award is the Avengers Assemble Award for favorite scene. Uh, Ken, do you have a favorite scene in Parasite? Oh, man. Out of all of the awards that you have lined up, this one was the toughest one because I felt like Parasite had so many good scenes. A lot of them were funny and entertaining, but my winner actually is uh, near the end, that montage where everything goes to shit, literally, um, is when like the the Kim family basement or you know their living situation gets completely flooded and um, i just thought that that scene was so beautifully shot you put yourself in in that scene uh and obviously you feel conflicted because you feel bad because um obviously most of the uh kim family was there um mr kim uh ki woo and ki jung uh were there and you know that they did something bad but man they they had very little and they ended up losing basically everything uh, because everything gets flooded. And um, I just love the way everything was shot. Um, they had like uh, the three uh, Kim family members, they had like different reactions to that current situation. So I, I it basically gave them more layers um, to who they were, uh, who they actually were. And then to mix up with that montage, you also got to see uh, Yonsei and uh, Moon Guang, and you got to see like their situation. Man, like you saw, like the heartbreak of you know how Moon Guang was obviously suffering from a, that major concussion, and and you saw the urgency in Yonsei when he was all tied up and he had that gag over his mouth. You know he was really wanting to you know help his wife out and he even was pounding his head so hard on that light to to communicate with uh the song to communicate with uh to communicate over uh, morse code and i just felt like that was so heartbreaking and so that whole montage was top notch and i feel like that's what i would submit uh you know to the academy to see if and obviously they won the, the academy for for best picture so that was my favorite scene for sure. Ooh, that's definitely a good one. Uh, for me, my favorite scene has to be when Moon Guang comes back home, mm. and she like you can kind of see the you know the reveal that she cut the the CCT the CCTV cameras, mm. and obviously that plays into the the end of the movie, yeah. but just when she comes back and that reveal that she has her husband in the basement and then basically blackmails them into just being there. Yeah. Just like has that video on them revealing that they're a family. I feel like that scene was so good. I just, uh, cause of that, I feel like that's such an extended sequence, you know, when they, start off the scene they're all enjoying their food and all that stuff but i just want to especially uh focus on that scene where she comes back um kind of tries to negotiate uh with the kim family and obviously that's like like you said earlier that's when like shit hit the fan right there yeah for sure man you, you know that's funny you mentioned that scene that was actually my honorable mention um uh, because 
you know, just to kind of add to what you said, because I completely agree with what you said, because that was my honorable mention for best scene. That part where um, they reveal that whole like corridor that that opening to get to the uh, to get to the bunker. I don't know if you noticed, but did you? I love how that camera shot going down the corridor. I was like, dude, where are we going? Like, oh, we forgot something in the basement. But I was like, what the heck is this room? And so you're going down this narrow corridor. The lighting, first of all, is like amazing. And I don't know about you, but for me, I got Halo 1 vibes during that whole flood reveal plot twist <laughs> where it's like, you know, Master Chief is going down like the thing is like, what is going on? And then, you know, you go to the room and then they reveal like this whole something random, this whole plot twist with the with the flood and i feel like when they revealed that the husband's living there the whole time it connected the whole ghost part but it was like uh-huh. more of a throwaway line uh with the song and then like when they revealed the the husband i was just like oh my goodness this is completely different this adds another layer to the whole thing yeah dude that was such a crazy scene like you can see like the desperation in uh, moon guang's like when she was trying to push the the shelf thing over yeah yeah. and man yeah that reveal that was definitely crazy definitely i can i can see that comparison to especially us halo fans Mm -hmm. but yeah i can definitely see that man that's pretty crazy yeah it was and it was also pretty crazy too because uh, I, I noticed it on this um this one little throwaway line on second viewing it was when um mr park was in the in the back seat and he was just talking about like you know, crossing the line, you know, and when he was talking about Moon Guang, I was like, oh, you know, the only thing that she kind of crosses the line is that she only eats, she eats for two. I didn't catch that the first time. I was like, oh, oh shoot, shoot, <laughs> she really is eating for two. <laughs> that was definitely one of the things that I caught. I was like, dang, I didn't even, I didn't even catch that. That was crazy. I didn't catch that until you told me right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Watch it, 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 you know, just Mr. Uh, Mr. Park just in the back and he's talking about like uh you know it's like oh mm-hmm. mr mr kim he kind of gets to the line and really the only thing that crosses the line is his he smells like uh like radishes or whatever you know mm-hmm. how he however i remember that just, it was oh, man so good it's it's the funny things that are these little things that um that you catch on second viewing there was one other honorable mention, and, and I actually alluded to earlier, uh, Jeremy, about how um, I was actually spoiled with one scene. And the one scene that I was spoiled on was that uh, very adult couch scene. <laughs> so it's like you're in my, yours and my favorite uh, scene, right? Right, Jeremy? Yeah, very. Uh, you can watch that with your grandparents, with some younger kids. Yeah, it's for everybody. <laughs> watch with your mom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh man, but uh, the story that I wanted to tell, and this actually, uh, this was actually pre-COVID, um, because I was actually, um, this was a conversation that I had in the office, and so one of my coworkers, and I won't say if they were in my department or not. Well, this person was trying their best to describe that scene on the couch, and obviously, I didn't, I didn't really care because there was like no context to that scene, and so I was like, yeah show me show show it to me or whatever anyway so this person was just trying to describe it and it was late in the day so there there wasn't that many people but 
this person was excited because they had recently watched Parasite. And so this person was telling the story to uh, us. Uh, there was a small group of us. But this person had their back to the executive offices. Okay. And so when uh, the story started, let's just say a kind of high ranking executive starts walking toward us. And I can see because I'm actually facing this person, but I can also see this kind of high high ranking executive walking toward us. And so as uh, the executive is walking closer, we already kind of knew where this person was kind of going with the story. And so we're like trying to signal. I'm like, mm. and, But my coworker decides to keep going with the story. And but this person's trying to find the words. And as they were finding the words, this person goes, well, did you guys watch the porno scene? (laughs) 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 And at that moment, as that is being uttered, this high ranking executive is literally walking by, uh, I I guess, ignoring what this person is saying. And I, and obviously my coworker saw who walked by and was beat red. (laughs) I definitely, I'm pretty sure everyone in that room was like red hot right there. (laughs) It's so funny. I don't think I'll ever uh, forget that. It was like, uh, that was my introduction to parasite. (laughs) Did you guys watch that porno scene? Oh man! Well, someone thought it was a porno. At least they uh, they didn't think it was a zombie movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All that was missing was a uh, pizza delivery uh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh man! I, that was the first time I was hearing that story. Dang, that's unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good story. <laughs> yeah, we give our car. Uh, we give our coworker. Uh, crap all the time <laughs> for sure our next award is the i am groot award for favorite character uh so ken who is your favorite character in parasite all right well it was hard because i feel like a lot of the characters got equal opportunity to establish themselves so i actually had a hard time with this one as well uh but the more i thought about it my winner uh for the i am groot award is kiwu uh the son of uh, the kim family I just felt like, you know, he was the most driven out of uh, the Kim family. I felt like he was always looking out for his family as well. So that when the opportunity presented itself for, uh, you know, like an art, you know, a need for an art therapist or, you know, a tutor for a D song, he immediately thought of his sister, Ki Jong. And, you know, so he's kind of selfless in that regard. And I felt like uh, that was the domino that started them earning money for the family. And so, um, yeah, I just thought he was just looking out for his family. And plus, plus, dude, we talked about it earlier. He took two shots in the head of the Scholar's Rock, like literally from point blank range from uh, Gyeonse. And so, um, Dude, he survived it. I was surprised he survived. I thought he was dead. <laughs> yeah, there was a pool of blood already, too. Yeah, so he was definitely my winner for I am uh, the I Am Groot Award. Hmm, that's a good one. Uh, for me, I chose his sister, Ki Jung, because 
I felt like she had like this street smart, this swagger about her. And I felt like like she was yeah, she had, I don't know, she had the most swag out of the family. And she was like the way that she was like forging the documents. And I was like, dang, dude, this like like why isn't she like in graphic design or whatever? Right. right. And they were saying that. Like she has all these skills and uh she was also mentioned that she was like acting and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And like in theater and all that stuff, and just to kind of be BS her way through like being a uh, art therapist, and I don't know, I just found her super funny, and like, and I was genuinely surprised when she died at the end. I was like, what? I was yeah. like, no way. Yeah, I know that threw me off too. Um, actually, Ki Jung was actually my uh, honorable mention for the exact same reasons you. <laughs> I, li- I literally, am I, if I'm reading off of my uh, my notes, it says she had a swagger about her. <laughs> 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 That's pretty funny. But there was one thing that I actually wanted to bring up. She was very ruthless in that, dude. She thought of that idea to get fired by just taking off her panties and just leaving it there. I thought that oh, was yeah. brilliant. That was brilliant. Dang, sucks for for Yoon. The former driver. That sucks for him. Oh, man. Oh, well. (laughs) Oh, well. Uh, Our next award is actually a new award to the podcast. Uh, It's the I Don't Feel So Good Award. And we we got that quote from Avengers Infinity War. Yeah, Avengers Infinity War when Spider... Was that when he said it? Yeah. Yeah. When when, uh, Spider-Man Peter Parker's dying. And so, yeah. That we want to name that award for best death. So, Ken, who would you give the I don't feel so good award to? All right. So, um, this might be a little bit of an upset, but the more I thought about the the nominees, the one that stuck out to me was the one for Chunk Suk. Um, when uh that's the mom, um, that's Mrs. Park, basically, when she stabbed Gyonse with a barbecue skewer. Because, man, dude, I thought, dude, Mama Park is badass. <laughs> I'm like, what the heck? There was actual fight choreography. <laughs> <laughs> when I rewatched it the second, I was like, dude, there's actual fight choreography. And I was just like, wow, man, Mrs. Park is badass. I'm like, all right. And, there was, dude, there was, I feel like there was barbecue still on that skewer. <laughs> when he I killed think there him. was. <laughs> Uh, eat that poison sauce <laughs> i don't know yeah, that sounds good <laughs> i know oh, who's uh, your winner for me i would choose the other person she killed moon guang because when she was when the park family was arriving from their failed camping trip she just like kicks moon guang down the stairs and you hear hear her roll oh. and then boom oh. right next on the stairs like, I almost thought she died on the spot, like broke her neck or something. Yeah, but, so did I. But she had, unfortunately, a slow death with a major <sighs> concussion. Oh, I know. I know. I wonder what they used to get that uh, for the sound design to get that sound because that sounded. Oh, yeah. When, when when the back of her head hit the that bunker wall, and that must have been a stunt double, right? They wouldn't actually get get that lady. <laughs> <laughs> Must be That'd be brutal. Pads. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we laugh because it's not real. <laughs> yeah. 
like that um moon guang's death almost like rivals i guess spoilers for tenet if uh if you want to stop right here but almost rivals uh saito's death when he hits like the side of the boat <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah good good uh good comparison so that's my best but my best death uh next we're gonna do our favorite game of the weekly real podcast guess the rotten tomatoes score so i am winning 10 to 8 we make sure that we don't look up the scores beforehand we're basically we we prepare our scores uh before we even start recording and basically whoever is closest to getting whoever's closest to the rotten tomatoes score uh gets the point so ken do you want to oh wait yeah let's let you go first actually okay uh well you know for me man i'm hoping i could get like my two week uh winning streak going i'm going with uh for parasite i'm going with 94 Mm. I put 96%. Oh, man. I was thinking of going high on that. You might be right. Let me look it up on Rotten Tomatoes right now. It's going to be 95, I bet you. Jesus. Uh, it is 99%. Wow. <laughs> Holy crap, dude. I did not expect that. Uh, is, yeah, that's 99%. that's our highest tomato meter, right? For the uh, for all the movies that we've covered so far, all fourteen, or actually more. S- yeah, I want to say so, man. Ninety nine percent. That's like basically almost a perfect movie, right there, in Pretty terms much. of the Rotten Tomatoes score. Wow. Ooh, I don't know, man. I don't know if you could catch up this season because I am up eleven eight. Uh, we'll just have to go on a winning streak. Uh, yeah, this one was a little tough. I was like, should I go high? I don't want to go too high. And then you you overcut me. Dude, I didn't expect it to be that high. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, the the audience score is 90. So you would have won. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm more in tune with the audience. I know. Dang. And you'll see uh, later in our next <laughs> in our next award. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so <laughs> oh really our next award is the i love you 3000 award where we rate the movie in this case uh parasites from one to three thousand so you got a rating ken for one to three thousand it's actually closer to the, the audience score again so uh that score that i gave is 2784 uh which translates to about 92.8 percent so hey. i mean for for me, like I, I, I tend to grade hard just because I want to save like the ninety nines of the world, the ninety nine percent to like literally all time, all time classics, and I feel like this is up there. Um, I probably, I mean, just because I've only seen it uh, for the first time within the last couple of days, I feel like I don't know if I've had enough time to kind of adjust it yet. So, you know, I may adjust the score moving forward but for now uh 92.8 it's like really good in in on my scale of one to three thousand uh i actually gave parasite a 28 25 out of three thousand which is 94 percent. so i you would have guessed my score <laughs> <laughs> so you would have won if you guessed my score man dang why aren't we playing that game <laughs> i know seriously and uh but 
you know, I kind of rated mine, uh, I guess, a little bit higher. Uh, I don't know, because I've probably seen more South Korean films than you can. Uh, I don't think Parasite is my favorite. Uh, definitely, it's it's up there. I don't think it's my favorite, but it was definitely a good one for sure. Yeah, if that's if it's not your favorite, maybe we need to maybe watch one of the your favorite, maybe your absolute favorite, um, maybe in season two. Yeah, and spoiler alert: I think I mentioned it to Ken. Uh, actually, I won't mention it right now because who knows? I might rewatch it and see if it is actually my favorite or not. Oh, but we'll see. Cliffhanger. Yeah. Stay tuned in for next season on the Weekly Real Podcast. But uh, yeah, definitely stay tuned in. Hit that follow button on Spotify or whatever you're at. Subscribe on whatever podcasting platform because uh, tell them what we're going to be talking about next week, Ken. Well, next week, episode 15, we are covering a movie where a longtime FBI agent pursues a young man of many disguises as he continues to successfully forge millions of dollars worth of checks in the 2002 Steven Spielberg film, Catch Me If You Can't, starring Leonardo DiCaprio and Tom Hanks. I have seen this movie, but Jeremy hasn't. And so, Jeremy, have you heard anything about uh, Catch Me If You Can? Well, basically what you just, what you just said is what I know about Catch Me If You Can. There's... Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and Tom Hanks and I've watched half of the trailer uh, a long time ago because I watched half of the trailer I'm like oh man I think it's starting to show too much so I stopped it yeah well I mean they do uh, I mean I mean like even from the description I was like kind of torn between reading it like that or coming up with uh, that whole description but I feel like the the movie itself it's it's not about the plot. It's actually about like all of the acting and everything. So um, and then just like the little like the little details and you'll see. So um, I it may give some of that away, but I feel like you're still going to enjoy the film. So I'm definitely looking forward to what to hearing what you think about it next week. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm because I know this is this movie. Catch me if you can has been on my radar for a while and i've never got a chance to watch it so this is a good uh good reason good excuse to watch it now i know it's pretty cool too because you know how like last week uh we were able to cover a, a movie by an all-time director like alfred hitchcock i feel like next week uh kind of like in a different regard but still an all-time director we're catching uh we're finally covering a steven spielberg movie mm-hmm So, yeah, stay tuned in next week, guys, for Catch Me If You Can by Steven Spielberg. Uh, Make sure, if you want to follow me on the social medias, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at JP underscore Flicks. Or if you want to stay tuned to my YouTube channel at Jeremy Pullenbarrett, links in the description down below. How about you, Ken? Yes, uh, well... For those of you who are on Twitter and Instagrams, um, and even the slowgrams, uh, what do you what do you call those? Uh, just re- regular it's, telegrams? Yeah, Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> you can follow me at FreeKenA, and then this uh, the spelling will be in the episode notes as well, along with uh, Jeremy's links. Cool, man. It was. It wasn't it interesting talking about a South Korean film. 
Yeah, no, it was, it, it was, I can see why and how like a lot of our relatives and friends uh, that are, you know, admittedly Asian, how they can actually uh, watch more of the K-dramas because it, it, it gives a different feel. They definitely go, uh, they go into detail with a lot of the character development. And so, and, you know, the perspectives are different. And so um, I am interested in actually watching more of uh, the foreign stuff. And so, you know, if you are thinking about uh, contributing another korean film or another foreign film uh for season two i'm definitely looking forward to uh broadening the horizons again yeah i know that there's some on my list of south korean films that definitely stand out i remember watching uh some action south korean films back in high school and i was so amazed on like their style of choreography and cinematography for their action movies are pretty good but the one i had in mind of showing you isn't actually a an action movie <laughs> surprisingly i would imagine but, it's more in the drama area yeah definitely more drama more uh i'll give it a little bit of a hint i whoever might know this south korean film there's it's um some gory torture movie <laughs> it's uh very dark <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> yeah, I'll definitely because it's not old boy if that's what people are thinking. Um, uh, yeah, I'll leave it at that though. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to watching Catch Me If You Can for next week, and uh, we'll talk about it next week on the real. <laughs> <laughs>